0: Hey, everyone, I'm so glad you are joining us for week two of Asking for a Friend, and today we're going to talk about science and religion and can they coexist, but I, I promised you that I would be introducing you to some of my friends, so this week I want to introduce you to Reverend Brady Witten. Reverend Brady is the senior pastor at First United Methodist Church, our mother church, and I am so excited. Uh Reverend Brady is really into astrology right now. Is that the right word, term? Astronomy. Astronomy. Astronomy.
1: Yeah, pastors are not supposed to be into <laughs> That's astrology. That's Astronomy. Right. Astronomy. Astronomy. The study of the stars, right? Yeah. Yes,
0: and... uh I've been meaning to go over and see some stars at night, but it's been raining every single day, and so I look forward to someday being able to do that, but I'll ask you the question. Can science and religion coexist?
1: Well, uh, first, I want to say hi to everybody, and thanks, Bernie, for having me, and uh, I look forward to having you and Susie and anybody else you want to bring with you over to Mousy at like four in the morning to look at some stars, because right now, that's, that's about the time you have to come out, but anyway, so I do, I do want to... Uh, uh, this is a topic that I'm uh, passionate about for lots of different reasons. One of them is I have some kids that are in school, and they're, they're learning science, and they're learning kind of the modern way of looking at the world, and they bring a lot of these questions to me, and so it's, it's something I find myself thinking about, about quite a bit. But I guess I'll start by saying this. I think that people who think there is a uh, that, that religion and science are at odds with one another in some ways kind of have a misunderstanding about both. And so I want to dig into that a little bit. And I, I don't have time. There's probably, you know, we could talk about this for like an hour. Oh, yeah. But I've been told that we have about <laughs> 10 minutes, so we're going to try to keep this short. But I want to start by showing you some things. Even though uh, we were going to try to get you over my house and uh, look look at some telescopes and things like that. But I did bring some pictures to share with you all. Just to give you a sense of kind of, uh, you know, first of all, one of my passions, which is astronomy. And, uh, and also I think it will help us with this conversation. So I want to show you some pictures. I'm going to show them uh, to Fernie here on this laptop. So... The first thing I want to show you, and this is a picture that I took, which I'm impressed with myself over. Um, this is called Hercules Cluster, okay? And it's what's known as a globular cluster. And there's a bunch of these. I don't know how many. I've seen probably just through my telescopes, you know, about five or six different ones of these that are just up right now. But these uh, circle, they orbit our galaxy. So we live in the Milky Way, right? They orbit our galaxy. Now, what's cool about these, so you can see this, uh, These there is somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, several hundred thousand stars in this cluster. So you gotta remember, our sun is a star, right? So y'all are seeing these pictures too. Uh, So this cluster of stars is a cluster of suns, and there's several hundred thousand suns in one of these globular clusters. Now remember, I said they orbit around our galaxy, right? So we live in the Milky Way. Uh, And you know how many uh, stars there are in the Milky Way? What would you guess? Thousands? No. So there's a hundred or so thousand stars just in this cluster, and this cluster orbits our galaxy, right? Yeah. So the Milky Way galaxy, this is this is where has somewhere between a hundred billion and four hundred billion stars. Now that's a pretty big pretty big difference, right? But so we're gonna talk about science a little bit. So this is science tells us there's somewhere between a hundred billion and four hundred billion stars just in our galaxy. Okay. Wow. Now, here's another cool thing. So this, there's another picture. This one is called Markarian's Chain, and get I just want to kind of give you a sense of the sense of the size of the you know this this universe that we live in, right? So this is Markarian's Chain. Uh, this is a uh, a cluster of galaxies that's located in uh, Virgo. So it's located in the constellation of Virgo. So uh, in this picture alone, I think I've counted somewhere close to 20 galaxies. So remember, I said in our galaxy the milky way there's like between 100 billion and 400 billion stars we are just one galaxy in really an infinite number of galaxies in the universe right so here's a picture of you know here's about 20 you can just see in this picture alone but in this cluster uh, of what's known the it's known as the virgo uh, galaxy cluster okay so remember the c- cluster of stars we have also have clusters of galaxies. galaxies in this cluster alone there's about 1300 galaxies so imagine how, like we're talking, how many stars are we talking about?
0: More than I can I mean, count. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's
1: this unbelievable number, right? And then the uh, uh, last picture I wanted to show you is kind of, of our. Uh, this is just, just of the Milky Way, which is the galaxy we live in. I did not take this picture. I did take that last one, though. <laughs> so this picture shows you, so this the little square here, this is the Milky Way. If you ever go out at night and it's really, really dark and you're in a dark place and, you're, and it's the right time of night in the year, you can see this kind of cloud structure in the sky that's a portion of our galaxy, Um, and and we live in the Milky Way, right? So this square uh, right here, all of these are stars and galaxies right in there. And it just kind of gives you a sense of why it's so difficult to count the number of stars, why it's so difficult to count the number of galaxies. So this is just like, you know, a pinpoint-sized amount of space and how many stars and galaxies are just right there. Wow. So anyway, so it's it's really really pretty unbelievable. But I go back to this idea that, so people who think that science and religion are at odds with one another, I think have a misunderstanding of religion and science. And so I want to try to give you a definition of each, okay? So science is the systematic study of the natural world uh, through observation and experiment. Okay, so it's, I mean, I mean, so most of you, if you've gone to school, you know, so we're, we're uh, observing the natural world, observing the physical world, and we're using experiments and observation in order to reveal truths from the natural world, right? That's science. Religion is, is, a, is a different thing. Religion is the human understanding of uh, the absolute which is one way to talk about God, the spiritual or the divine. It's, so it's our understanding of and our relationship to those things, right? So uh, Ferdy and I were talking uh, before we came here. So I had open heart surgery about four years ago, right? And, and so I literally, this is another reason I love science, right? So science has given us all these wonderful medical advances, right? And uh, so some scientists cut open my chest and was able, were able to move some things around and fix my heart, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I would not call Fernie, who is not a scientist, to do that for me, right? So, so they were able to fix my physical heart. But I'll tell you this, if I had a heartbreak, if I was struggling in a relationship, or I was questioning my place in the universe, or I was dealing with some other things, I wouldn't go to one of those scientists, I would come to you, right? And so, again, science and religion, are, are, they do different things. And I think where we run into trouble is where when we try to make science into religion, or sometimes some religious people try to make religion into science. And they're they're different things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I was reading an Adam Hamilton book in my research this week, and he talks about how um, science can point us to, like, how God works and, and how God creates and how God does those things, right. um, whereas um, religion can tell us about, like, who God is and, like, point us to God. God's um, character, God's yeah, nature. Yeah, right. but they're two, like you said, two very different things. Right.
1: Yeah, um, I think the how-to is the key, right? Yeah. So I, I was thinking about yeah. right it this way. So... Uh, science can tell me how my computer works, right, and even even create a computer. It's, it, it's science is a wonderful and a powerful thing, right? But science is is not what's going to inspire me to open up that computer and write a song, yeah. or write a poem, or you know, to do these more yeah. meaningful things in life. Uh, science isn't going to help, or, or you know, science isn't going to help me necessarily to under, under find my meaning in life, right? You know, you know, may, maybe if you're a scientist doing <laughs> science. Is is meaningful, but you know there's there's still these ultimate questions. Uh, one one thing I wanted to share with you all is there is a growing number of scientists uh, who really kind of accept the fact that human uh, reason has it's has limitations. Right. In some ways, in some ways, science is the exercise of human reason, and reason is a very powerful thing. Right. But again, I think we make a mistake when we think that uh, science is going to answer all of our questions. And so there are a growing number of scientists who recognize that human reason has its limitations and therefore science is going to have limitations. Uh, one of those guys is a guy named Edward Witten. And I think we're going to include a link to, to an article uh, from Scientific American uh, that talks about Edward Witten. And what Witten is saying now is the title of the article is The World's Smartest Physicist Thinks Science Can't Crack Consciousness. Okay? And so... Uh, and what he's saying is, uh, when it comes to certain things, our ability to observe them and our ability to experiment are never going to answer these big questions. And and I think probably one of the biggest questions is, where does where does consciousness come from, right? Uh, and in particular, you know, now some of you will argue with this when it comes to your pets and things like that, but why is it that human beings seem to have this level of, of consciousness or self-awareness that maybe some other other beings don't have, like... So this guy, Edward Witten, is saying there was a point in time where scientists might have thought, hey, we'll be able to answer those questions one day, but they're actually getting to the point where they're saying maybe not. Uh, and that science, you know, uh, science can explain maybe how you, the universe works. Like we can take the Big Bang, for example, and we could say, well, a, a single particle exploded into multiple particles and time and heat and all that kind of stuff created, you know, the creation came out of that but it still still can't answer the question, okay, but what came before the Big Bang? Like, what started all of that? What is it that created the laws that made all of that? Like, we we can map the laws, and we've been doing that for hundreds of years now, but where did they come from? What was the start of all of that? And if the start of that is God, which I believe it is, who is this God? What is he like? What does he want for life? What does he want for us? You know, what's the point what's the point and purpose of all of this? You know, science is never going to be able to answer those kinds of questions.
0: You know, I remember when I was, I think it was middle school or elementary school, uh, learning about creation, the like creationism, mm-hmm. and at the same time learning about, at church, learning about um, the creation story. Right. And I remember always wrestling with those two, like, it always felt like they contradicted one another. Right. But as you're talking, it makes me think maybe they didn't contradict each other. Maybe they just support each other in different ways.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're trying to accomplish different things. So, yeah, if you look in uh, Genesis chapter 1, we have this whole story. And this is the, the – there's two creation stories in Genesis. Uh, but the first one here is in Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. And, and the famous thing here is that it says it took God six days, you know. And so there are some people who read the scriptures. And this is where I was talking before. They're going to try to make the religion into science. And they're going to say, well, the Bible says that God created in six days. Um, But science has shown us that, you know, the creation really took, has taken billions of years to unfold, right? Uh, And so some people would say, see, they contradict one another. And if you're religious, you can't accept science. Or if you're a scientist, you can't accept religion. Uh, And what I would say is the the purpose of the, the scriptural writing is to talk to us about God and about God's, uh, you know, self-giving power and the way He unleashed it into the world and gave permission in the world for things to to come about, and th- that what's imp- it's not important that, you know, it, it's it, the the important thing here is not how many days it took, <laughs> you know, um, and so I think science looking at carbon uh, carbon dating and all that kind of stuff has shown us that the universe came about over over billions of years, right, and it's and it's still becoming, I believe, um, and what. The creation story says is in the beginning God that there there is a God there is an intelligence and a power behind all of this and I don't think those two things are at odds with one another so I love what you were saying about Adam Hamilton saying science might give us the how to uh, but the 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 religion will t- tell us the who and maybe the why you know uh, and I think those are just very different questions and so I I, I do not have a problem um, embracing. Scientific theories like the Big Bang, uh, scientific theories like evolution, although evolution, there's some holes in it if you study it. You know, it's a theory. Uh, You know, my kids come back from a science class and they're like, well, daddy, evolution, you know, and I kind of go, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. There's there's some problems. Uh, Here's here's one of the problems with evolution. And I don't know the exact uh, date, the timelines of this, but there was a point in time that the fossil record shows where there was an explosion of uh, of life. And it's like, so there's like nothing where there's a few living things and all of a sudden there's this explosion of all of this complex life and it happened, it seems to have happened all at once. Okay. So that kind of, uh, ha- and that's science. Okay. And so we kind of have to question, is is it this sort of like gradual emerging of life over time or was there were there other different explosions where things sort of take off a little bit and, and again so I think evolution does not answer everything and and again this is where I think even the kind of our scientific thinking in our modern world gets us in trouble sometimes because we want to make science into the answer to everything but it's not it's not um, so you know I, I could say I can say one thing for me so like I love I, I should have these pictures of uh, of this outer space right now i love to look at space stuff i'll sit up all night uh, and just stare out into the stars. And it's wonderful. Like science is has given me the how-to to do that. Like scientists invented my telescopes and scientists have mapped these things out. And and when I look at the stars, I can tell you certain things about them, right? Uh, but at the same time, when I'm looking at the stars, I also start to ask these deeper questions. Like, well, you know, who am I in the midst of this massive universe? And what is the universe, like what am I supposed to be doing? And what's this all about? And science can't answer those questions, right? But, but I will tell you this, to give you a little witness here, religion has helped me to find some of those answers. Uh, and, uh, and I guess I'll say it more specifically, religion has helped me to know the one who is the answer, right? And I really do. I, I'm a person who believes in God. And I believe there is an intelligence and there is a power at work uh, in this universe. And, and that uh, science, you know, hey, maybe God's a scientist. Actually, I would kind of say, "I think God is a scientist, you know, <laughs> but uh, where science has helped me to explore the universe in some really kind of awesome ways, um, it also has raised some questions that I personally have found answered in god and in in Jesus and so i would just I would just ask all of you at home like don't you know don't when when you run into somebody who kind of shuts down maybe your religious thinking via science. Uh, you know, think, just challenge that a little bit and say, no, wait a minute. Uh, but similarly, you know, if you're one of those people who wants to make your religion into science, I wouldn't do that either. So, you know, th- these are different tools. They have different functions. Um, and again, for me, as a as a person who for, for a long time in my life was really searching uh, for heart and soul answers. No science textbook was going to answer those for me. Uh, but having a relationship with Jesus... Has and so that, that's a really good way to put say. it.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, as I was looking at the pictures, one of the things that um, came to mind was how small I am mm-hmm. in this vast universe, right? And but it also made me think about how small my struggles are compared to this vast universe in some ways, and and it gave me a glimpse to like how vast God is. Um, and I don't know, it, 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 like you said, I started thinking about a whole bunch of different questions and, I, right. and different, like, um, I, I started seeing God through a new way, a new mm-hmm. lens, uh, as science, when I was willing to look through the lens of science. Right. Um, and that's, I don't know, for me, it was very comforting. Um, it, this might sound weird. It was very comforting to feel so small.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think it can be, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's funny, so we're not the first, I always tell people, we're not the first people to ans- ask these kinds of questions, right? So there was a point in time, most of us can't do it now, where a person could walk outside and look up at the stars and literally see millions of stars. Like, when I go outside now in my backyard in Baton Rouge, we live pretty close to the city. On a good night, I might be able to see maybe 100 stars, which is, which still is pretty, like, wow, but... It's nothing like what you can see if you go to a really, really dark place. But anyway, so the writer of, of Psalms, and I uh, uh, wrote in this in Psalm 8, says, uh, You have set your glory above the heavens. Uh, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? And so somebody thousands of years ago looked up at the stars and had some of the same thoughts. You know, well, wow, who am I? I'm so small, you know. But what I th- here's what I think the scriptures really point to. Uh, in some ways, we are teeny tiny and insignificant. But in other ways, we matter intimately to God. Right. So this whole idea that God loves us so much that God came into human history in the person of Jesus. So. And, and I think somehow, you know, I always tell people, when I get a little too full of myself or a little too worried about my own individual situation, it's great to go out and consider how vast and massive everything is. But there are other times where you maybe feel a little lost. And then it's important to remember that, uh, as Jesus says, you know, God knows the hairs on your head, you know, and, and you're, of more, you're, you're of great value to God, you know. So I think kind of try, trying to live between those two two places is what it means to be human, which is a pretty amazing thing. Uh-huh.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, and even to the same God who created those galaxies and those stars, and uh, was so intentional about the laws of how they work and they function, is the same God who created you and I and everybody who's watching at home. Right. And and I don't know, but like, and this might, this might, I'm still processing my theology through this, but like. During Christmas, Susie and I like to build gingerbread houses. And we're Mm. very intentional and we're so proud of what we've created and love it. And if I can love a gingerbread house that much, (laughs) like how much more God looks at all of creation and says, and is in love with it and cares about it. And yeah.
1: When I had my first uh, child, who's 16 now. I remember saying to an older mentor of mine who I knew had children who were fully grown and I said, I'm, I said, I'm, I'm so in love with this little thing. And uh, I said, "and I'm so fascinated by her. And uh, I said, I guess at some point in time, that kind of the, the newness of it wears off. And, and this guy said to me, it never does. It never does. And so, yeah, I mean, the, over and over again, the scriptures describe the love of a parent for a child, right? And if you think you love gingerbread houses, <laughs> if you're ever blessed to have a child, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing love. Mm-hmm.
0: No. Mm, mm, yeah well um so I guess final verdict, religion and science can coexist
1: yeah i i think yeah. I think they are uh they are both important ways of engaging the world. um If I had to pick one, I would take religion uh, that's just me I'm a pastor that's what i that's what I should say. But I also love all that science has done for humanity. I mean, you know, again, science and scientists and medical technology saved my life. I think they're a gift from God. Like, I think a reason is a gift from God. Uh, but that they, they, science is never going to answer our ultimate questions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I go back to, well, maybe, maybe this is kind of a little bit like when I'm, when I'm taking my last breath, um, I want a religious understanding of, of life, a scientific one I'm not I'm not so sure would be helpful. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love that. Yep. I love that. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us. I hope that you will continue to have these conversations with friends, colleagues, families and the way you can do that is by texting the word grow, G R O W to the number 225-307-0662 and you'll get a link back to a home sheet and the home sheet's going to contain all the scriptures we talked about today it's going to contain some questions for you to continue wrestling with this and uh, having conversations at uh with coworkers at w- wherever you are with whoever you want and it's also going to include an action plan to how to continue to wrestle with this uh this whole week and and even beyond that so again it's to, uh, grow g r o w to the number 225 3070662 Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to next week as we continue this sermon series asking for a friend. Uh take care and I'll see you next week. And remember, I love you, God loves you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'll see you next week.